Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our text for this day is 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 9. Here again the part that reads, According to his great mercy, he caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for the salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. This is our text. He is risen. Yes, he's out of bed. It's graduation day. He's getting a new car. He looks on the table, and there he sees the invoice, the title with his name on it, and the keys. So he runs outside and looks, and there in the driveway is not a car. Parents may be starting to think about getting their son or daughter a vehicle for graduation. There are students who are preparing for their driver's license and maybe taking driver's ed this summer. Some of them have the, are hoping to have the opportunity to drive the family car or maybe even have a vehicle of their own. Now, if you have the invoice and you have the title with your name on it and they have the keys in your hands, is the vehicle yours? Even if it's not in the driveway yet. Today's sermon title, as you saw there, is Living Tomorrow Today. Our lives today are to be lived out in the view of what we will receive, what we have been guaranteed by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And this is as true for us today as it was for those to whom Peter wrote so many years ago. You know, with credit cards and loans, we borrow from our future to live or to buy things today that we now don't have the cash for. However, there are times that such credit is used with devastating effects. When we borrow beyond our means or lose our expected income, there are severe consequences. However, by grace through faith in Christ, we are receiving what is promised in the future so we can live today. God has given us various promises in Scripture. He has called us His children even before we act like one. He has given us His Holy Spirit. He has given us His peace. He has given us His forgiveness. All this is ours and validated because of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Alleluia! Christ is risen! Alleluia! And therefore, eternity is ours right today. All these promises are made and validated while in our present condition as we wait, as we struggle, as we suffer. Though some of us know death may be near, God has promised us eternal life. Though we feel the effects of our past, maybe flunked a test because of a lack of studying or cheating, a record or a DUI, a divorce, a child out of wedlock, we stand forgiven before our God because of Jesus Christ. We are free to live a new 
as if the past did not matter. Though we feel our lives are harried and chaotic so that we are unsettled, we have peace that guards our hearts. Though we may feel the Holy Spirit has left us, prompt, not prompting us or working in us, the Spirit comes by God's Word today, spoken. Though heaven may look far away, we have eternal life today. Though our bodies deteriorate, we are promised a new one in the resurrection. We have God's Word on it. We have the title signed by the blood of his Son, Jesus Christ. We have the key, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We have what it means to live by faith. We don't live then from our past, but we live in view of the promises that God has for us in the future. For Christ is risen. Alleluia. Peter, as you heard, said it this way, Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for the salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, Though now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. You see, Peter is writing to people who need to hear what it meant to live tomorrow today. The date is about 64 A.D. Much of Rome is left charred. A great fire has swept through the, much of the city. Wood buildings that had stood for hundreds of years had burst into flames like dry kindling and along with the straw bedding for the animals that were housed in the city. It was thought that a man had gone ahead and dumped the ashes, live ashes, out of his window. Can you imagine being that man, realizing your responsibility for the loss of your home and the loss of many others. Nero declared that the Christians had started the fire. Bring in the guilty, said Emperor Nero, and so men, women, and children were rounded up as animals to be executed. They were herded into the prisons, their death used as entertainment to the crowds. Children dressed as lambs in the arena to be preyed upon starved lions, adults tied to the top of poles as Roman candles to light up the night sky. And so the persecution of Christians spread throughout the Roman Empire. And there was pressure to give up the faith. Just offer a pinch of incense to Caesar, recognizing him as God, a divine being, and you are free to live. But the Christians knew to do so would be to deny their Lord. And so it is to these people that, peep, that Peter writes to stand firm in the faith. There are 20th century examples, like East Germany, 
You were free to be a Christian. You were free to go before the Christian congregation and confess your Christian faith. We call it confirmation. But remember, to do so means that you would be barred from attending any college or university that was highly prized and grants you an advancement and recognition in the Communist Party. And so the young people shunned the Christian faith, not wanting to be a poor Christian. It is this letter to Peter that encouraged many to remain faithful and face the consequences because of what God had promised in his word. Are there any attacks on the faith that we experience now? Oh, many attacks are subtle. Other times there's difficulty and struggle because of the extra effort to be faithful. Like simply getting out of bed this morning this early when it's so dreary outside. But look at it in terms of dieting. You know, dieting continues to be a craze for people, doesn't it? And I wonder if people have given as much thought to spiritual dieting as they do to their physical dieting. When we diet, of course, we restrict the intake, the amount of food, even refusing certain foods. Now, I don't think many people intentionally think about going on a spiritual diet. And yet, many people practice it. Many in the summer, each time the lake season begins. You know, the high times of Christmas and Easter are over. Summer is short. Going to worship, well, that can be a bit inconvenient, and so we put ourselves on a spiritual diet. And our faith gets thinner and thinner. Some even end up anorexic. So what are the casualties, the spiritual casualties, as we anticipate the future? I have no way of knowing the total, but I do know the effects, and the Lord knows for sure. Would it be that we would not lose a single person? For the Lord does not desire to lose any and this is why this letter from Peter is so important for each of us today. You have the vehicle of your faith. You have the keys to eternity. You have the invoice of God's word signed and confirmed in the blood by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What kinds of suffering and difficult choices are you going to have to make to be faithful to your Lord? You will know. You can think of them yourselves. I don't have to list them. You and I may ask the questions, why do we have to struggle with such decisions? Why can't we just be comfortable? Why is life this way? Doesn't God know what I'm going through? And so God caused Peter to write. You have been grieved by various trials. So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, 
may be found to result in the praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You know, C.S. Lewis writes about his own sufferings in this way when he realized God has not been trying an experiment on my faith or my love in order to find their quality. He knew it already. It is I who don't. End quote. Dear people of God, God already knows the quality of each one of our faith and the value of it. It is you and I who do not realize its true value. If we don't know the true value, we can easily compromise it. For what is faith worth? It is worth the death and the resurrection of Jesus who has given us eternal life by giving his life. If you knew that you couldn't have your new car for a year, would you forget about the keys, tear up the invoice, and burn the title? If you couldn't move into your house, your new house, for two years, though you knew it would be yours, would you refuse to wait for it? Peter writes these words for those who face the threats against their faith. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now, you believe in him. And rejoice with a joy that is inexpressible, filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. For Christ is risen. Alleluia. Amen. The peace of God that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.